All right, everybody. Hey, welcome back after the super, super long pause I took. Sometimes social media, you got to disconnect, unplug, and just kind of simmer down a little bit. And that's what I did. Came back now. Got a guy here. He's pretty big on the Instagram from what it looks like. It's kind of where most of his stuff is. His name is Jason. Another it was Marines, right? Correct. Yeah. You're like my fourth Marine like in a row. Like, <laughs> so it's like I've got like four Marines now. So... Apparently, I keep this marine trend going. Um, but Jason, he does a lot of good stuff. I came across his his uh, Instagram. He shares a lot of good information on there, even some stuff I didn't even really know. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, it, it provides valuable information. Now, I'm not going to take too much away from what he does on Instagram and what he tries to do, because then that would kind of defeat the purpose of everything. So I'm going to go ahead and let Jason just talk about himself for a little bit and what he did in the Marines and all that stuff, and then we'll just go from there. Go ahead, Jason. Right on, Eric. Thanks for having me today, man. I'm I'm stoked to connect with you and uh, just be on a be on the other end of the podcast. So thanks yeah. for having me. Man. No uh, problem. My story a little bit. I I enlisted in the Marine Corps at 17 years old. Um, you know, wasn't really too into school during high school, and so I knew college was not the right route for me. Um, <laughs> ultimately convinced my parents to sign either, you know, they signed for me at 17 or I sit around for six months doing absolutely nothing and sign when I turn 18, you know? <laughs> so me too. I, I joined at 17 also, man. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it worked out. Uh, I shipped out a little bit after my 18th birthday, January 3rd, 2011. Um, and even though I was trying to go in and as Intel, I don't really know what happened amongst it. I ended up as a as an aviation operations specialist. So <laughs> kind of like um like airfield management type stuff is what I ended up doing out of Camp Pendleton. And I found out like two days after I got my orders to Camp Pendleton that was a non-deployable unit. And so initially oh. I was kind of like, all right, what is it what does that mean exactly? <laughs> I, I work here for four years and do nothing else. Um, and that's kind of like, kind of like what it ended up being. And so I realized like, okay, I have this basically nine to five job. The Marine Corps is not going to send me anywhere anytime soon. So let me kind of like regauge on like, you know, what my mindset is, how I'm thinking about this opportunity and recognize that there's, there's a lot of time and a lot of resources available to me. And how can I use those to prepare for whatever is next, whether it be staying in or getting out. And so so that's kind of what I did. I focused on TA, focused on, you know, saving money, enjoying the Southern California life, learning how to surf, um, you know, excelling at my job, pursuing boards, pursuing meritorious promotions and things like that. Um, ultimately decided to get out after four years. Uh, but on the way out, I found out about a reserve opportunity, kind of like kept my foot in the door with that within the IRR. And then um, within the last couple of years, pursued a opportunity in the guard um, which is ultimately kind of fell through. So now I'm kind of regaging, like, do I want to continue, you know, 10 years in, is there more for me? You know, do it, like if that opportunity didn't work out, is there something else I want to do? So, um, kind of in the midst of figuring that out, but basically I kind of realized over the years that there have been so many opportunities within the military that I didn't know existed when I first joined. And so I just like, man, I keep finding these nuggets that if like I knew day one, I would have been, you know, that much better off. And so basically just trying to like shine light on those opportunities. So people that are thinking about joining, 
know how to use and leverage their military service, um, you know, to, to prepare themselves for either a, a long military career or just four years and get out and be better off than they were when they joined. Uh, so right. that's, that's kind of like my mission is just to help people leverage their time in and, um, you know, prepare them for that transition when it comes. Right. And I know like, and one thing for me, and everyone knows about the post 9-11 GI bill and things like that and whatever, but uh, what a lot of people don't know is that you don't touch any of that while you're active duty. It's literally free school, literally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, I know me personally, I never took a SAT test, <laughs> you know, like, and I went to central Texas college uh, to get an associate's degree, almost did. And then I got my dumb ass just because of all the, the deployments and the training. I should have did stuff online, but didn't. Mm. But um, I finished that just on the tail end of getting out of the service and then got accepted at Portland State University. No SAT. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. there are those things where most of those schools will accept you. It's true. You know, and you don't really need that SAT. I mean, I could be wrong, but. Portland State didn't ask me for mine. Like I just applied and they accepted me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, I've never. Even when I was applying to undergrad, like I applied to a couple Ivies, and I don't even think at those they required SAT. I think it was optional for non-traditional students. So especially because like I took it them in high school when I was thinking I was going to college. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, whatever the scores were, I know they're horrible. I don't remember what they were, but I know they weren't good. So <laughs> thankfully, you know, those weren't required, but. Yeah, I mean, if if you're just trying to avoid that SAT or ACT, then <laughs> that's yeah. what we'll do it. Just put it off. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, like, for when you or your resources, where do you find your resources? You just Google every day, or like, do you kind of go off people tell you? Because I know we were talking before, and you were kind of finding out some stuff you didn't know about, and yeah. I have no problem sharing that stuff with you offline for what I know to sure. kind of help people who listen to you. So, like, where do you get your stuff at? Um, a lot of it is like connecting with somebody like this. Uh, I hear something, I go do more research on it. Sometimes I literally just go to the VA website and be like, Hey, like I, you know, before I started trying to make content to provide these resources, like I didn't never really thought about like, let me just go to the VA website and see what resources exist. I don't know about, um, and, and you know, if I'm, if I'm not thinking that way, then surely there are a lot of others that aren't thinking that way too. So I kind of just go dig around the VA website and see what I can find sometimes. And, um, you know, there have definitely been some, some nuggets that I had no idea existed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. And even this, like your own state website too, like you'd be surprised. Like I know, uh, for, cause I was in Oregon. Now I live just across the Columbia river in Washington and like the rules are night and day different Yeah. Uh, for Oregon. If you are 50% rated disability or above, you get a handicap blacker veteran. Mm. So you get huh. a handicap. Yep. You get one. And they give you the military license plate or the 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 disabled veteran license plate, and you don't have to pay for registration ever. No kidding. So registration's paid for. Like mine now, I came to Washington. Um, I have the Washington disabled veteran plate. One-time registration fee. Don't have to pay registration for my vehicle ever again. But the wow. catch for their handicap is, is you have to provide a prescription. Where mm-hmm. Oregon... It's just like, hey, you're 50%. Here you go. You're good to go. Here's your handicap. You know, yeah. like, we're wow. watching. It's like, no, you need a prescription and you have to be above, what was it? Uh, same thing. I think it was like 50%. Oh, no, you have to be 100% and you need a prescription. So, hmm. see, like, the states are different. So, this is really just going to your state website and then looking for stuff, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I posted something about that the other day about how every state has their own veteran benefits for el- eligible veterans. And I mean, you know, and every, you know, obviously you get to pick, you know, pick and choose what's important to you, what's, what's worth pursuing. But a lot of them, you know, like vehicle registration, you know, that's depending on your state, that could be hundreds of dollars a year. And it's like, you know, yep. that's a pretty sweet deal. And you know, you're wasting my money anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, not pay that. it's good for one vehicle. So, yeah. And then like, and you can kind of double down on it too, because I know that you can do that. And if you have a purple heart, you can get those plates thrown on another vehicle. And now you don't have to pay registration ever. Huh? You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So that's wild. Yeah, they, I don't know why they don't. I don't know why they don't up the limit to like two vehicles because most traditional families now have like two vehicles, you know. And like even like for me, I have a truck, and my fiance has a bigger truck. I mean, yeah, I drive her bigger truck sometimes, but like, why can't I get my plates uh, or like a different set of plates on her vehicle? You know, because it's like uh, they 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 can't be given everybody free registration. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that's why it should just be spouses, just spouses. <laughs> Yeah. So that way it's covered. But um, so like for you, I was going to ask you, are you like in the guard right now or like you're still IRR or like currently in the guard? Yeah. Guard and Marine, right? Marine. No, there's no Marine Corps guard. Oh, damn. I didn't know that. I thought there was. Yeah. So Air Force. So currently in the Air Guard. Yeah. Air Guard. Yeah. Okay. And that's what you're talking about. You were kind of like in limbo and not really sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's still it's still kind of an ongoing thing. Uh, it's not over yet. So like, b- yeah, basically I was hired to be a pilot in the Air Guard, um, and then didn't ultimately work out. So now I'm in this position where it's like I got to choose: like, is there something else I want to do in the Guard, or do I just do I just call it and be yeah. like right, that was enough for me? Uh, there's not really another job I want to pursue, so let me just kind of duck out now. So. You know that uh, that song has not finished yet, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the fat lady hasn't sung yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, then, so your transition now from like active to where you're at now, how was that? Like, was it <laughs> was it easy? Was it was your unit supportive? Um, you know, they kind of like just get out. Like, mine was not supportive. Mine, mine. People who've watched and heard me say mine was horrible. Told you a little bit about mine but offline before we got on here. Yeah. So, and I'm always curious to see because I've had some people come on here where the transitions were great, smooth sailing, no waves, clear as a whistle. Then there's some where it's like literally you took a box of Legos and just threw it on the ground yeah. and yeah. there's shit everywhere, like mine. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know, and I think that that's like, yeah, that's the transition is definitely, you know, the stereotype is that it's a it's a problem. It's a problem area for for a lot of people. Um, and I transitioned from active to, you know, reserve IRR kind of thing back in 2015. So like, I, you know, was it smooth? It was relatively smooth. I mean, it was, it was stressful. Like I felt like I did everything I could at the time to prepare for that transition. You know, like I made sure I had money in the bank. I made sure I had no debt. You know, I knew, I knew what I was doing after that transition. Like I was rolling in school um, and I was, pursuing what my, you know, my childhood dream, quote unquote, was of, yeah. of a medical doctor. And so, you know, it, I, but at the time I didn't, re- I didn't know that like how much life changed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I started pursuing the whole medicine thing and realized like, you know, I don't want to be in school for 12 years. This is like, 
I hated school in high school. I kind of had this like newfound motivation and ability to kind of like push through walls, you know, after the Marine Corps, I was like, all right, I, I can push, but it's like, well, can I push for 12 years? Like is, is the end goal actually worth it to me? Um, so my, my difficulty didn't really come with that transition from going active duty to college. Cause I was already, you know, a part-time student online. Like I had my, my mind was still working as a student and I was trying to keep up that muscle. Uh, but it more came a little bit later of realizing when I realized, like, I don't think I, I don't think I will actually want to be a doctor. Like I have to like, you know, re rethink about what I actually want to do with my life. And so I've, you know, I've kind of come back to that drawing board a couple of times in life. And I'm now recognizing that like, that's really okay. You know, like you don't actually have to know what you're going to do with your whole life. As long as you're continuously progressing forward on something and not just like see on the couch waiting for the answer to fall in your lap because that's not how life works. So, you know, I, I don't think that that, yeah, I think my, my, my transition struggle came a little bit delayed. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like as immediate though. It was definitely stressful. I remember like, I definitely lost my appetite. You know, I got my DD 14. I was like, uh, like <laughs> what, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, like, even though I knew what I was supposed to do, uh, you know, I, I just like all of a sudden forgot everything. And then, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. Like, yeah. we, you know, especially for someone who's been a lot as long as me and even like, you know, short time as you from mm-hmm. the moment you wake up. From the moment you go to bed, you got someone telling you what to do. Yeah. And it's not like in like an, a, a bossy way. It's just you when you I don't know how you guys did it. But like for me, like every morning we'd have a meeting at six, do our, our PT at six thirty and, and meet up at like eight forty five, nine o'clock to talk about what's going to go down for the day. Mm-hmm. And then on Wednesdays, there'd be training meetings to talk about the week or the month. So it's like you knew what you were doing. Well, for the most part, because even the crap on the calendar isn't even predictable because that can like change like the moment the meeting's over. You yeah. Know? But you knew what you were doing and you constantly had someone telling you what to do. Where now it's like you're out. Mm-hmm. There's no first sergeant. There's no there's no gunnery sergeant. There's no like, hey, what am I supposed to do today? And then you're going to be talking to like, the air because there's there's no one yeah you know yeah, yeah and you can't really call like your buddies who are in still because they're still doing it they're still mm-hmm. they got their they got their uh service members to take care of you know and make sure that they're trained and ready so it's like and i'm sure that they'll they'll help you but they can't in a sense because you're on two different playing fields now yeah. you're on the outside and they're still in so you kind of that's mm-hmm. where you learn. I see it as like you learn a lot about like yourself mm-hmm. personally. Like you learn a lot, and you might have to go through some rough patches, but you learn though. For sure, for sure, and I think no matter like where if you're getting out to go to school or getting out to go to a job, you know, unless you're one of the, I guess I don't know how many actually do it that go from like military to civilian contractor on base, where like I, you know I've had some friends do that, and it seems like super seamless. I mean, they're just like taking off the uniform next day, going in in civilian attire, making three times as much. And it's like, oh, all right, like nothing's changed except your paycheck and your uniform. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, you know, that's a pretty sweet way to do it. But if you're going, you know, to a, to a different workplace where like you're the only vet there or to school where you're the only vet and the only person over like, you know, 23 years old kind of thing. Um, yeah, it can, it can definitely feel a little bit isolating. And so, oh, yeah. It uh, felt like that when I was going to school because um, I have a service dog. His name is Kenobi. Uh, uh, well, he's a Czechoslovakian shepherd. And uh, I 
before all the COVID crap, I would take him to Portland State University, and people would like kind of look at me like they look at him because he's a he's a damn cute ass dog. He's an eighty pound shepherd with a floppy right ear, you know. So like, but then they would look at me, and at that time I still wasn't really in the right headspace. Yeah. So like, my face would look. The face I had was like, well, if you want to test this, you're gonna fail. Mm. That was the face I had. Yeah, you yeah. Know? like don't yeah. mess with me. Leave me alone. Yeah, and um. I, I remember doing a presentation where I actually kind of, at least, well, for that class, I broke the stigma that all veterans are crazy just because, th- like, that that we're not. Like, not all of us are crazy because we have PTSD, mm. you know? And, it's, and just because it's PTSD doesn't mean it's combat PTSD. It could be uh, sexual assault, sexual harassment. It could be bullying. It could be a training accident that happened, you mm. know? And I, I broke that stigma, and... I did a music video. Um, I didn't do it. I used a music video from a guy who I had come on here, uh, rapper Soldier Hard, uh, Jeff Barrios. Um, I used one of his videos. And after I used that video, combining with my presentation that I gave, I had half the class crying. My teacher had her jaw open. Like, like, (laughs) like you could feel like the, like, okay, I made an impact. Cool. Mm. You know, like, and that's, that's, that's kind of like where I was like, okay, this needs, this needs to do more because if I can make an impact to civilians, you know, then let's let's do this. And then my fiance kind of gave me the idea to start this whole thing where I'm at now. And kind of like how you do, you meet some pretty neat people across the way. Oh, like, totally. Then it's like it's like, dang, you know, like you meet some pretty cool people. Some you kind of talk to more than others. Yeah. Um, and you never know who you come across. Like I've spoken with Jessica Lynch. She's she's a really nice person. Hi. She's so sweet. She's wow. nice. Um, just yeah, it's it's super cool, man. And I know you've you've come across some pretty cool people. I've checked out your your podcast a couple times. Yeah, I when I started the podcast, like I kind of just did it for like fun and like you know maybe to make a buck or two like down the line. But r- where the real value is is in the networking, you know. And mm-hmm. so now. Now I know, like, you know, when when I, I told a couple of people initially that I started a podcast and they kind of like roll their eyes, like, oh, everybody's starting a podcast. And like those people, yeah. like, don't, they don't understand where the, the value of the networking is, you know, mm-hmm. and like, not everybody's just starting a podcast to like think they're the next Joe Rogan, you know, because yeah. be real, like we won't, most of us won't be. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that really everybody should just start a podcast because oh, yeah. you meet, a, you meet a, a ton of great people. Oh yeah, like I've met like nonprofit people, like getting in contact with nonprofits, and then now that's resources that I put out for people to help. And like I like your little buttons you have on the Instagram where you have like the financial and the things like that. Like I was looking through them, and there was some stuff, and I was like, "Well, shit, a poop screenshot," you know? Like <laughs> I was like, "I didn't know that." Bam, and I took a couple screenshots of stuff. So it's like, and that's what I do. I look for the value mm-hmm. uh, on on what people put out, and and you put out some pretty good value in even though you're only Marines like for four years, that still doesn't take away from what you were ready to do because we all know if it, if it hits, if it wants to hit the fan one day, it doesn't matter what your job is. Yeah. Like, you know, you're called, you, you are called to protect the country. That's your job, regardless whether you're an AC repair mechanic or a cook or infantry. Yeah. yeah. You know? But yeah. like I said, Marines are all infantry anyway. So that's, <laughs> nah, that, that's their slogan at least, but <laughs> You know, I think every Marine knows that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I like that. I like to tease Marines a lot. My fiance, she's um, 
marine background. So I, I give her a little bit of stuff like every now and then about like Marines and she's, the, she's laughing at the kick that there's been like four Marines in a row now here. So oh. I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was supposed to go to the Marine. I don't know. But <laughs> so yeah, have you guys come to at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know it's with everything going on now. Kind of glad I'm not in the military at the moment. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> you're still kind of up in the air. So I don't know, but that's just yeah. for me on the army side. I'm only speaking for the army. I can't speak. For any other branch and what they do and yeah. stuff like that, but um, you you still in California, right? Uh, no, I'm in New England now. New England is that like, yeah, like northeast of the of the U.S. Oh, okay, all right. I always get mixed up with that because I was like New England Patriots. So I'm like, what is that? Like Maine or something? Like, <laughs> I'm, like, just, I'm just being a little vague about my state. <laughs> oh, okay, no worries. Then New England. Then we'll we'll yeah. Do- yeah. We'll call it that. Okay. Too small up here to uh to specify, you know. <laughs> uh, I know that you were East Coast, so that's why I was like, wait, because then you said you were. Most people, when they get out of the service, they kind of stay where they're at. I did stay in California for a while. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, and I mean, one because I had a great community out of, out there that I wanted to stick around with. Two, uh, because I was amazed at the affordability of California community colleges. So it, it afforded me to like not use my GI Bill for the first, I don't know, whatever it was, two years, three years of, of college because it was, nice. was $45 a credit <laughs> in California. And then like, you know, you get the Pell Grant and then California has a uh, a BOG, Board of Governors Fee Waiver or something like that. So like everybody that gets out of the military is, you know, they qualify. And so basically tuition's free and then the, bo- the, um, the Pell Grant's refunded to you. And then you apply for a couple of scholarships and it's like, well, basically you're getting the BH through, you know, those grants and those scholarships paid to you. And so you can sustain off that while preserving the GI bill for something that's a little bit more significant. That's nice, man. That's super cool. And then people forget about voc rehab too, you know, mm-hmm. where, so that's a whole nother thing. That right now, actually. So I'm, I'm hoping to, I will do an in-depth video uh, with that experience. Cause it's a, it's a pretty lengthy process. The application, they give you assignments. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, but it's a value. It's a very valuable program for sure. Yeah. And I I signed up for it. Like, what is it? Like a year ago where I was trying to switch to it, but like the, and I guess it depends on who you get to. Cause the person I had, she was not very easy to work with. Mm. Um, and it just seemed like what I was, cause there's some things you have to do in order to get like accepted. You have yeah. to like kind of prove that you need to do that. And yeah. you know, and you could be working. They 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 prefer you not working. But even if you are, you got to kind of prove what you're doing. And I remember mine. She was like, "Okay, well, I need like I need uh salary rates for your job and this that or whatever that you want to do." And I sent her all that. And she's like, "No, it's not good enough." And I was like, mm-hmm. "I was like, the title literally says salary rates median for where I'm living. How is that not good?" Yeah. And then she was pregnant, and then I, and that was it. And then she left. <laughs> So that's definitely kind of similar to the outprocessing with the DAV where like, you know, whoever your examiner is, doctor, whoever, they have a lot of say in the end result, uh, similar to the voc rehab. I don't know what they call them. Mentor. Div- counselor. Or counselor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> the, word. Um, the, the, the voc rehab or now it's called VR and E uh, veteran mm-hmm. reemployment veteran rehabilitation and, and employment mm-hmm. uh, so that counselor 
you know, they have a, a tremendous amount of say in how that benefit goes for you and that program goes for you. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And you, you know, you want to, you want to develop a relationship with them as much as possible and, and just kind of be honest and straightforward with them to, so they can help you out, you know, as best as possible. Um, yeah. But they, they do have a, a tremendous amount of say. <laughs> yeah, they do. Cause they know it was like, just, it was frustrating. Like it, and then I kind of just backed off and like school was coming up again. I was like, I'll oh, forget it. I'm just going to keep using my GI bill, you know, and just, yeah. you know, maybe that's something I'll explore later. Maybe not, you know, cause I'm almost done with school anyways now, finished mm-hmm. December. So nice. are you going to have yeah. a GI bill left? Uh, I think it's all used up actually. Okay. okay. I think it's all used up. So yeah, one of the things that I've come across in my research is that like, there are programs that are available to vets, but only if they have like a day of the GI bill left. So like one that I came across recently was vet tech, which is basically kind of a continuation of the GI bill. So if, if you have one day of the post 9-11 GI bill uh, remaining in your balance, you qualify for vet tech, which is, which is essentially assistance for vets to get certificates and additional training in like high demand tech careers so whether it be like a computer programming boot camp or something like that there's a whole list of opportunities um but they're they're mostly certificates they're not going to send you back for a four-year degree it's right like, you know do a four-month program you know they pay for the program you get the bh while you're in it but if you have exhausted your gi bill you don't you don't rate it anymore so does that so the, they so that pulls from your gi bill or do they pay you just because you have gi bill left it does not count against your GI bill balance. Oh, nice. Yeah. So um, it, it works the same as far as the value, but it doesn't actually count against what you have in the GI bill bank. Hmm. That's cool. I wrote that one down. Tech search. Yeah. Vet, uh, tech. vet tech. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Vet tech. That's pretty neat. Um, especially I work at Intel and maybe I'll take some of them. Uh, mm. Cause it, it, it seems it's more like almost like trade school kind of where they just kind of certify you like, like okay, you're certified, like almost for like project management, like PMP or something like that, or yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not in the tech field, so like I know there's like cloud, you know, courses that you can take. There's programming courses. There's you know different software things that yeah. you, you can get involved in. So I mean, it's a pretty significant list, and then there are a number of locations, you know, in in course resident locations that you can attend. Or you can do uh, an online program, and obviously the the BH reflects the same way as it would with the GI Bill. Right. Yeah. So if you're doing a resident course, you'll get full. Whether if you're doing an online only, then it'll seems like they mirror their 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 BH rates what what the VA does. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. You know any other ones? Like I know you got Vet Tech. You got any other ones out there to kind of throw out there? Um, there's a VRAP. Veteran Rapid Reemployment something V R R A P I forget what it stands for. Um, there was a V R A P a number of years ago, but the V R R A P is a a COVID relief program, and this is for those that do not have job remaining, and they lost their job because of COVID, and this basically gives them if approved an additional 12 months of the GI bill to go pursue like an additional education of really whatever you want uh, to then get reemployed. 
Oh, nice. When I came That's across. a good one, especially. It looks like they kind of just came up with that one on the spot. Yeah, I think it was in the last round of the COVID relief uh, legislation. No, that's pretty neat. I like that one. And yeah. I, know we, I know for most of them, know about Yellow Ribbon, too. That also kind of helps out. Dude. Yeah, huge. I, I'm, a, I'm a really big advocate. Like, what you know, while you're in and while you're out, I've never... I'm, I mean, there's so many ways to like strategize your either time in the military or the benefits that you've earned. Um, and it's just, it's disheartening to see people use the GI bill. Like I went, you know, when I was in community college in California, $45 a credit, you know, like people were yeah. using the GI bill at that school where mm-hmm. it's like, dude, you're getting like maybe, like maybe $10,000 worth of value from this, you know, whereas if you, like somebody else could do their whole undergrad in the California system for like super cheap for like four or $10,000. And then they could apply to Harvard medical school and use the GI bill with the, the yellow ribbon program to go to Harvard medical school completely free. So that's like either $10,000 or like $250,000 of value from the same benefit. And so I think, having a, a long-term perspective of thinking like, okay, like realistically, how much school do I think I'll ever want to pursue? And then yeah. sure you're saving that GI bill for, for the long run. Right. Yeah. And that's, and I didn't learn all that stuff until I was about three quarters of the way through school. And I was just like, oh, dang it. you know, like if I would have known those little things, you yeah. know, I would have done stuff a little differently. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people are a little bit too eager to get the BAH, you know, like, they get out and and this is kind of why I, I try to talk about how like the preparation for the transition starts day one of the contract, not like three months before you get out, you know, because I think a lot of what will ease the transition pains is financial readiness, you know? And so if you get out, you're not in debt, you, you know, you've got a good chunk of savings, like you know how to sustain yourself, live on a budget, live frugally you're not going to be so quick to jump on using the GI bill because you need that BAH. And so if you're able to refrain from using the GI bill, maybe work part-time while going to school, applying for scholarships and grants, like there are, there is so much money out there for undergraduate college. It's ridiculous. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. As long as you're not trying to go to some private school for the most part, it's just really unnecessary. Uh, There's, there's so many ways to get funding for undergrad. And as you go higher in education, it gets more and more difficult. So, yeah, no, totally for sure. Like, yeah, the whole undergraduate, that's why, like, I pushed my graduation out a little bit just because of maximizing GI Bill. And I was like, well, because I was coming up on finishing in school, would have ended. And I was like, well, if I can tack on more degrees, why don't I just keep going to school at Portland State University? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'll be finishing with uh, two degrees for sure. A third one, if I can pull it off, mm-hmm. just depends on how the classes fall, you know, like, might be able to pull off a third one depends wow. on if I graduate or if I pass those classes because they're communications classes and those classes are hard as hell. So, <laughs> so it's like, it, it, it just depends and you can do it right. You can walk away with some degrees and yeah. then, you know, use your VRE to push for a master's if you can sell it right to your counselor, mm. you know? Yeah. You know, yeah, it gets a little bit tricky when you already have an undergraduate degree, like, cause it's something that I like, I'm currently processing through. Cause like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I'm like, you know what? Like, I just want to work. So let me get a degree as fast as possible. So I ended up getting like a basket weaving degree. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so because I have technically I have a BS, it's like it takes a little bit more work to get the VR and E because it's like, well, you should already be employable. Like what happens kind of thing. Um, and so I wouldn't use up your GI bill in undergrad, assuming you'll be able to get VR and E like that. That's a dangerous, yeah. that's a dangerous game to play. Yeah. Cause you don't know if you'll get it or not. Yeah. And especially like we were saying, like each counselor has a lot of, a lot of say in that. And so if you get a counselor, that's maybe not as generous or yeah. maybe a little bit stingy with uh you know the program dollars then then they might they, they can deny you you know oh yeah so, for sure yeah and they'll just shut you down and you'll be like oh i mean now you got to get student loans and all that stuff right, and- dude, don't do that don't do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah don't do it student loans oh, <laughs> <matter what>. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah definitely stay away from those if if you have to um they they help you know if you're covered but i mean just stay away from them yeah but um, no, I mean, this is all like good info and I, I love getting information and sharing it out there because financial is like the huge thing right now. And this can, especially if you're going to school, it can ease burdens, Yeah, you know, going to school, especially with like better and stuff. Like I'll sit, like I used to for a while, I would sit there and just look up, okay, veterans, benefits, financial, you know, you type in keywords on the internet for Google yeah. searching and you can't necessarily type out a sentence because it's not going to work. So mm-hmm. you have to type in like uh, veteran hardship relief, veteran hardship. You know, you type in very key- specific keywords yeah. and you'll, you'll find a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, true. And, yeah. And, oh, go ahead. No, I was just thinking like, I like finances in general, like, you know, it's everywhere on like, everybody's just like flexing. Everybody's just like, look at my sick Gucci, whatever, you know, like yeah. everybody's trying to floss. And so everybody, every, like everybody feels the need to like get more money so they can just go floss more. And it's like, yeah. I, you know, Instagram is a super dangerous place for <laughs> that. And so I, I try to encourage people like, don't focus on like making more money or getting more money and more benefits, but just like living on a little bit less, you know, like you don't need, as much yeah. as you need and like you're you're gonna you're just gonna make life difficult on you and stress out or finances when you're doing things like that you don't need just to like impress people that you know you don't like like guys gary v says it um and so you know i i think that getting out and if you've if you've disciplined yourself during your four years or however many years of living you know on a budget and under your means you're going to be amply prepared for that transition out when, when finances are going to be like the probably one of the biggest stressors as you're transitioning, going through school, figure out a new career, all of a sudden have to like pay for your living rather than living in the barracks kind of thing. So uh, I think making a practice of, of living on less early on and delaying that lifestyle expansion is only going to benefit you in the long run. Well, yeah, it's like a lot of uh, you don't realize till you get out too. It's like everything's kind of covered. You get your base pay, you get housing for allowance. And if you live on post, you don't have to pay anything. They give it to you and they take it away. Then they give they give you money for food. Yeah, you know, BAS. So they they give you that when you get out. You don't get any of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like you have to try to find a job if you qualify that makes the equivalent. Yeah, you know, to kind of offset everything. I. For those that are either not in the military yet or they're in the military now, 
you you'll never have you'll never have as easy of a time saving money as you will in the military. Like it's never going to be easier than it is while you're active duty. Yeah, because like I mean, especially if you're in the barracks, like you go to the chow hall, you live <laughs> in the barracks. Like you don't need a motorcycle and a truck and a freaking little like fixer upper car. You know, like just <laughs> just do less. You know, do less and try to stack as much money away as possible because it will never be easier than it is right now while you're in the military. Yeah, and it's like I, it's like I even think like, man, I should have did like some sort of thrift savings plan or one of those things like when I was in, when I was like making nothing. Now I look back and I was like, dang it, I should have did TSP yeah. because now my TSP would have been way up there. Yeah, you know, but you, you live and you learn. You yeah, you live and you learn. It you know yeah, it's it it's it's very true. You live and you learn, but <laughs> you know it's kind of one of those things that like you don't unless you're like ahead of your peers at 18 19 years old you're probably not studying and trying to understand like compound compound interest and how that works but like if you start saving and investing at 18 years old you you have like five six seven years maybe even more ahead of your peers who didn't earn until they were like 23 and they started in the hole you know and so like i I posted something the other day um you know, the GI bill, um, BAH is tax free. Right. And so mm-hmm. you can contribute up to $6,000 a year to your Roth IRA. And so yeah. if you were to you, if you were to max out your IRA, your Roth IRA for the 36 months that you are in school using the GI bill, and then you like never touch it again, you you'll have like a million bucks by the time you're 65 or 67, whatever I did the math on at that point where, and that, that million bucks is tax free. Like the GI Bill wasn't taxed. You put you invest it into Roth IRA. Those withdrawals aren't taxed. And so like starting early and just like getting it, like it's better to get in a bunch now than you know, wait five, six, seven years and start then. Yeah. And see that that I wish I'd have had that advice <laughs> twenty years ago. Do that stuff. But it's like now i I encourage it now. And yeah. I push people to do it, especially like the guys who I know who are still in. Like, hey, dude, you're still in. You need to do this, like, yeah. because you don't like for the even for the like the VA disability and stuff. You don't get nothing for sixty days. There is a sixty day gap of nothing because it takes them sixty days to process your stuff and then get paid. Yeah, you get that back pay of those two months. Sure, they get back to you, but there's sixty days of nothing. Yeah, there. So it's like you have to be prepared for that sixty days. And like how you were saying, like. Then what if you're not working? Like, well, I was kind of lucky. I was already hired onto a job before I got out. So the, I literally had like maybe a week break and then started working. Yeah. So like that's, and that's not necessarily the case for everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people have a problem finding work and luckily my work I do now kind of is the same from what I make. It's less for sure, yeah. but it's enough, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But there's always room for improvement and growth and like, you know, pursuing other side things and pursuing other passions. So that way, when you're ready, you know, you can leave your job and then pursue something you really, really like doing. And that's kind of, I think the ultimate goal is, is to be actually doing what you love and love what you do. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. And you know, in addition to that, like trying to say like, don't, you know, don't, don't make your plans relying on the VR and E or book rehab, or don't make your plans relying on a certain VA rating, you know, like 
<laughs> you you can't rely on these things. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't guarantee yourself a certain rating or or guarantee yourself a certain benefit. Like yes, yeah, some are guaranteed, but you know who knows? Maybe on your way out, you do something stupid and you get you know a bad discharge, and then you, all of a sudden you don't have the GI bill. You know, so you like hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully, if you're forward thinking enough, that won't happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the end of the day, you can't really rely on anything but yourself you know and so ensuring that you're disciplined for yourself to have to make sure that you are financially set and financially savvy enough to to be self-sufficient is really you know critical oh yeah especially especially if you got a family too like if it's just you yeah you can you can work it out you could you know you you can you can make things a little more easier i say easier but like because it's just you you're responsible for yeah but for those who have families getting out (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can be go live over by the river, especially if you're getting out in Hawaii. Just go camp on the beach, you know. But um, for those with families, two, three, four, five kids, you know, you have to plan that stuff. You have to like really, really. And if you're and if your spouse is working, yeah, you, you kind of got some cover, you know. But even then, you have to prepare for that missing chunk of what you were getting that's not there no more. So now you have to change your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, you know. And I think that's, and I think that's a lot of the, that's a lot of the shock too of what happens is because, you know, especially if you move up in rank and you get decent amount, you live in a certain lifestyle and then now your lifestyle changes Mm -hmm. and, you know, it kind of throws you out of whack, you know, like you're not working, you're getting, you're making less, you don't necessarily like what you do, but you need a job. So now depression kicks in, Mm. you know, anxiety kicks in and all that can be overwhelming, you know, like, yeah, just have to push for, you know keep pushing to make yourself better really is what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, dude, get it. Like, I don't know if it's age or it's just being out longer or what or experience or what, but like getting stuck, you know, in, in a job or in a position in, in life is like, uh, for me, like my biggest fear, you know? And so I, I think that we, like most people get stuck because of the financial choices that they've made over, you know, their history, their life. And so, you know, I, I think that, like you said, getting stuck and having to stick with a job you hate leads to, like you said, depression leads to wishing like, Oh, I should have stayed in the military kind of thing. And then like in- increasingly a, a difficult transition, whether no matter how long that difficult transition could take for you, um, mm-hmm. which is why, like I just continue to try to like encourage people that, saving money, remaining debt-free, bad debt, you know, like consumer debt, credit cards, truck, whatever, is going to only enable more options for you down the road so you don't get stuck. You know, like if you're living off of 2000 bucks a month and you can sustain yourself off of that, like you can make a tremendous number of moves if you decide my job is miserable, this is making me depressed, I need to go find something else. Yeah, like you're not going to be, you know, you don't have the golden handcuffs where you're stuck with that job because you've got a million different debts to pay, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's like the ultimate ball and chain right there yeah. working to pay off debts, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's definitely, you know. Yeah. So as we come to wrap it up here, um, wanted just to go over a few things for people who are watching. For those interested in the tech industry, you got Vet Tech through the Google. Mm-hmm. B-E-T-T-E-C-H, so you looked that one up. And then those who lost your job, the uh, B-R-R-A-P, right? 
Yeah, so the ver- the first one is actually V E T T E C. There's no H on the end of it. Oh shit, bad data. T E C. There I, we I go. Mean, like counterintuitive the way they spelled it, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and then the the other one is V R A P. And, and that's just a couple of them too. Yeah. Um, that that Jason was able to put out here. So like, and people they'll highlight. I've made you explain these on the YouTube channel. So yeah, and that's the yeah. same. If you want to go ahead and uh leave something for these guys here some sort of like a like a little motivation inspirational for the veterans people watching the community on you know if they didn't catch anything from what we were talking about today about financial stuff and benefits yeah. it would be this is what they need to listen to yeah man uh you know whether you're thinking about joining or in or out like no matter where you are in the process if you are you know struggling financially like you know, it's not too late. It's never too late to get things in order. And and I know a lot of people rip on Dave Ramsey, but Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey was a significant player in, in my financial life. And like, dude, every 18-year-old that joins the military should be forced to read that book. And uh, so, I, you know, but then again, it's not too late for a 26, 27, 28-year-old to read that book. And so I think just I try to impress on people to live on less than what they think they need. And they'll have tr- way more options than they they can yeah. make themselves. That's perfect, man. Like that, that's awesome. And so it really, and it boils down to that one thing that they always say in the military: have a plan. Mm. You know, have like, a plan and plan to fail. Say I have a plan, but I actually like formulate a plan. Yeah, <laughs> they used to, I used to tell people have a plan, but plan to fail, so that way you learn something. Mm. You know, because that's how we all learn. Yeah, when we succeed, we learn stuff cool, but we really learn the most is when yeah. we fail and we fail and we fail. So true. That's when, we, that's when we learn. That's when we learn who we are. That's how we learn what our capabilities are is by that trial and error going over and over and over. That's how we get it. That's how we develop and grow. So true. Yeah, 100%. Sweet. So appreciate you for, for coming on here, spilling some, uh, some good resources and stuff. I love when people come on and throw resources out there. Um, if you want to check out Jason, his Instagram is there in the, uh, description. If you want to check him out right there. And I believe I added your link tree, uh, link on there also. So that way they can check out your other stuff. Yeah. I went to your page and found that one. I do my research too, you know, (laughs) I do that. You know, people have specific tags. Like I created a a similar thing with something called solo where I have all my links on there Mm. for everything. So, um, you can check him out. He posts stuff pretty frequently on there about financial stuff, especially on Instagram. He's pretty, pretty, pretty consistent on there. Um, pretty consistent. I need, I need to be more consistent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, pretty. I mean, I was looking at your buttons and I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is pretty good stuff. So you can check out this, the info he's got on there. But you do a lot of good, good stuff, man. I appreciate it because I definitely saw some things I didn't know. And I'm not saying I know it all, but mm-hmm. like the army taught me how to research, like how to look for answers. Yeah. And there was just some stuff I saw on there and I was like, dang, I didn't know that, mm. you know, and I took a screenshot of it. So that way I can remember it for later, you know, and that's what it's all about. Right on, man. Appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you for, for coming on and talking and sharing some stuff. And I appreciate everybody uh, who was here watching. Um, these will start to pick back up again. I just, you know, needed a little bit of a break, a little bit of time off, got a wedding to prepare for. So doing all that. So these will start kicking back up and then I will see everyone here the following week with our next guest, Jason. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Eric. We'll stay in touch. Yep. See you guys later.